The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Here we go. What's going on, guys? Thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast. I'm your host, Naylor Taliaferro, LCR. And this episode, I wanted to preview Synced Live. Synced, actually Synced, the magazine, but uh, the event that I went to in Atlanta will be going to again this coming uh, February. Also again in Atlanta is Synced Live. Uh, we've been, we went and uh, we had a pod row there last year and we're going to be doing that again as well as just partnering up together to make it as as beneficial and value-packed as possible for you guys for the lawn landscape community it's a very very unique event it's small in size makes a big difference um, big in impact so small in size big in impact for sure Uh, i went there for the first time last year it's a new event new conference a lot of great training, a lot of great networking. You know, it's total complete opposite from some of the larger conferences that we know know and love, you know, in our, our space, specifically like Equip Expo, for example. But as we know, those those events are so massive that it takes so long to go through them. You can't even get through everything all the time. It's just so much. And uh, it's very overwhelming. And that's why we have all the meetups that we have at Equip so that we can get together and kind of have a smaller scale, whether that be 600 people or less, you know, some events are getting, some of these meetups are getting bigger and bigger every year, which is great. And that's, that's the, that's, uh, it's fine, right. As the community grows, I was going to say that's the goal, but it's not necessarily the goal. I'm not trying to make things, you know, bigger and bigger. It's just kind of, uh, organically happens that way as the community grows and everyone finds each other and connects and goes to these different events, everything grows. And that's why I personally keep trying to create more and more opportunities for a safe space, you know, events and live meetups for us to get together and, and connect. Because if you know, you know, it's, it's hard to explain the type of energy and experience without being there. You have to actually experience it yourself firsthand. So Synced Live is another one of those great opportunities Again, it's not massive like Equip, but it has a massive impact. You know, the fact that it is smaller by design, you can focus on the training, all of the panelists, the different uh, training se- se- sessions that they have, the keynote speaker, Q&As, all the different things, as well as all the different booths that are there that you can have more time, one-on-one time with them because there's not you know, thousands of people coming through and everyone's trying to ask questions and you don't really feel like you have as much time sometimes with everybody with in the different booths, talking to different manufacturers, learning about maybe some new products or asking questions about things that you already have that you're using and so on. And just trying things out and learning new stuff, it, it, it gets overwhelming at the bigger conferences for sure. So the smaller ones like Sync to Live, you really have an opportunity uh, to really do that, explore that, as well as meet meet new folks. And we have Pod Row there where Paul, myself, 
Last year it was Jeremiah Jennings. This year it's to be determined who will be uh, the the, the uh, third person that will be coming with us. And then any other anyone else uh, locally that might be in the area that comes through. Again, that's another thing that we kind of grow. You know, want to have you know two to three podcasters um, at Pod Row in our space, but then also including maybe potentially some other folks from maybe other complementary uh, spaces in the service industry, specifically not just lawn and landscape. And we get together. We have our own spot where we set up in a row. You know, quote unquote. I mean, uh, pun intended, I guess. Pod Row. So we're all set up there and we just kind of go through and interview the panelists, the keynote speakers, attendees, and just have a good time bringing content for you guys. I've talked about this for some other events coming up, like the huge event in August where we're going to be having Pod Row. It's going to be the largest uh, iteration of Pod Row there. We're going to have a huge space, five booths worth of space for Pod Row. It's going to be a whole section for us. And again, it's going to be myself, Paul Jameson with the Green Industry Podcast, and John Pajak with Profits with Pajak, and then some other um, podcasters potentially from the power washing, window cleaning space, and, and who knows who else might be making some appearances there from a podcasting standpoint. And then, like I said, we'll be interviewing all the attendees, panelists, keynote speakers, some of the folks you may or may not know, like Marvin Salcedo with Salcedo Lawns in Texas. He's a good friend of mine. He'll be stopping by. He's going to be a keynote speaker. He's going to be a speaker there uh, doing a presentation. So he's going to be stopping by Pod Row. We'll be getting him on the podcast as well, as well as some other folks. I know Keith Kalfas is planning on uh, being at the huge convention as well. So we'll get him on the podcast and so on. So just great opportunity to get more content out there for you guys, as well as for you guys to come and join us and be a part of you know, experience the conference so that you can, you know, learn and get a lot of great education from uh, the experience as well as participating in whatever we have going on, like Pod Row. So with all that being said, Synced Magazine has uh, their own podcast that they just came out with, and they were gracious enough to have me on as a guest. So this is a snippet from that episode for you guys to uh, check out. Hopefully you enjoy it and you'll go to listen to the full episode on their podcast and the episode link uh, will be in the, in, I mean the, uh, yeah, the episode, their episode link will be in this episode's description. That's where I was getting a little tongue tied there. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Those are my people too. So I need to, need to be back on LinkedIn. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and so you've started, but you have a, a business. You're not just an influencer. Right. You have your own business that's been running for 10 years. Right. So tell us a little bit. I mean, how did you get into the industry? You know, yeah. Is it? Well, I, I, mean, I it, it was it was kind of out of necessity, but I, I was always like the homeowner that I mean, always like ever since I got, you know, my first house a long time ago, probably 20 years ago, maybe if I just guess without thinking backwards. But probably I mean, if I've been doing lawn care professionally for 10 years, um, I would say close to 20 years ago was my first house. Um, and, you know, I'm. Okay. I'm a lot older than I appear and sound most likely people, you know, think, but I'm turning 45 in July. So most people wouldn't what? think that. Yeah. Most no. people wouldn't think that. Yeah. I have a daughter graduating college in a couple of weeks. My son's graduating high school next week. So it's craziness. 
Um, wow. Yeah. No yeah. It's, well, it's see, crazy. We've had kids later in life. So I feel younger because I have little. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and, like, and we had kids early. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we had kids <laughs> early. But so our, our first house was 20 years ago when our kids were real little. You know, um, our son okay. was just born. He's going to turn 18. So. All right. So there you go. So 18 years ago, 18 years ago, that's a good, now I can remember by by my son's age, 18 years ago is when we got construction on our first house. So anyway, I like didn't know anything about lawn care or landscaping or anything because up until that point, you know, growing up as a kid, I grew up, you know, in apartments and apartment complexes and all that. And, you know, that stuff was always taken care of already. I didn't have like the, you know, the mom or the grandma or whatever that made me like get out and mow the lawn. So I never had that experience at all. Um, and then when I met my wife and, and, you know, we wanted to build a life together and, and get our first house, I was just like, I don't know what to do. I just try to figure it out, you know, going to Lowe's and Home Depot and all the little, you know, Pleasance (laughs) hardware, Ace hardware or whatever, and looking at all the little trinkets and tools and gadgets and gizmos and, you know, all the different things to help you grow grass, mow grass. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there was like books, there's like little books and magazines on like lawn care and landscaping because the internet was not what it was like 18 years ago the internet was like facebook and that was it you know you could google stuff and there was really not there obviously there was google but there wasn't a whole lot of information out there on on landscaping lawn care there was no youtube videos there was no linkedin there was nothing like that there was facebook you know with a bunch of moms and housewives playing farmville and that was about it you know like there really wasn't a whole lot of information out there um you know back 18 years ago so i just had to get but there was books at stores i was just thumbing through them and learning about different grass types and how to take care of them and so a lot of trial and error but i kind of fell in love with it and i eventually Eventually became that homeowner that was the envy of the of the entire you know HOA because oh, awesome. you know I had like a really nice lawn. I mean, we started with a house on a on a dirt property. No, they didn't even start oh, us with wow. sod or seed or anything. Just nothing in front yeah. yard, nothing. So we're. Every day, every night, you know, my wife and I would go out after work and we'd take turns or not take turns. We would just together like for an hour or two rake rocks. You know, we would just take a section at a time, rake up all the rocks, chuck them in the woods because we had a bunch of woods around our property that was technically our property. So we'd just be raking rocks and sticks and junk and just we'd work our way around. Yeah. Yeah. We were just getting all that because we were trying (laughs) to make it a nice, you know, smooth area rather than bringing dirt and everything. We were just trying to like get the dirt going and. And then putting seed down and this and that. And so it was just a whole lot of trial and error. But so also just saying that we started from literally the bare bones of rocks and <laughs> dirt, I guess you would say. And this was up north. I'm, I'm in central Virginia right now, but I'm, we're originally from the state of New York. So, you know, different kind of soil than down here in Virginia. It's clay soil, which is a whole another thing I had to learn about. But so it was a lot easier. The dirt was good. The soil was better up there. So you just we just had to clear it out and get all the junk out and Eventually, I had the envy of the neighborhood, so I kind of got my green thumb that way as a homeowner, and I enjoyed doing that, striping my lawn multiple different directions with my 21-inch, you know, auto <laughs> self-paced uh, mower, and just having a good old time. And then when we moved down to Central Virginia, I brought that stuff with me, you know, my my 21-inch mower, my hand blower, and my hand and my trimmer. 
all gas, you know, I, um, I, I, there, I don't think battery was as popular at 18 years ago, but, no, you know, but I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I brought all that down here with me, you know, just because it was my, it, it was, you know, near and dear to my heart. And, and we, uh, my wife was like, why, why are you bringing that? We're moving into a townhouse. I'm like, well, eventually we're going to get a house, you know, once we get our foot, you know, our bearings down here. So I'm just going to keep those. These are my babies, you know, this is my mower, you know, my son nicknamed it Moe cause he was like five, you know, he's like, you know, like at that time. So, you know, it, it was near and dear to my heart, but a few years prior to that, you know, when we were still up North, someone had asked me, I think it was my mother-in-law had asked me cause one day they were going to the pool or something on a, on a hot Saturday, um, in, in the summer. And I was like, I'll meet you guys there. I got to mow the lawn. So, you know, I'm just going about to start, you know, I'm getting all geared up and getting ready to go out and have a good time. My mother-in-law is like, they're all saying bye. And she's like, this must be so terrible. You know, something like she just thought it was like, like the most awful thing in the world. Like, you know, like it's, I feel so bad for you that you have to mow, mow the lawn, you know, while we're going to the pool on your day off. And I'm like, I think it's great actually. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I enjoy it. And she's like, Oh wow. Would you do it if someone paid you? And I was like, Absolutely. Uh, but I, I don't think that's a thing. Like 18 years ago, that was not a thing. You didn't have guys driving around in trucks and trailers, just mowing, cutting grass. That was not a thing. There was landscape companies and you had to like, at least up in North where I was from, it was big landscape oh. companies and you had to have the entire thing. You know, you just, you had the whole oh, okay. service. They did everything. They didn't just come mow your lawn. They took care of the landscaping, the fertilizing, trimming your bushes, you know, all that stuff. And yeah, it was yeah. kind of frowned down upon. You were like, you know, you were like uh, rich and famous if you had a landscape company, you know, like, oh, you have a landscape company. Oh, my gosh. You can't mow your own lawn. Like it was really fr it's crazy. 18 years ago, how much has changed. And now it's a complete opposite, complete 180. People are like, why don't you have someone mowing your lawn? Why are you wasting your time doing that? There's so many better things that you can do with your time. Yeah. Just budget yeah. it in, you know, so it's really, it's really full circle. But back then that wasn't a thing. And I was really intimidated by, I actually, we actually had a, a friend, you know, like the, the, the house, you know, all the wives would get together and, and then a husband, we'd have like, you know, like get people's houses and we'd get together. So the, all the husbands would get together and the husbands would be in outside or something. And the, the wives would be inside and, you know, we'd all be doing our thing. So we get to know each other. And one of those, um, husband wife duos had their own landscape company in the area, like right, right down the street. And okay. we, we had gone there one time to like get some rocks and stuff for our, for our property. And it was very impressive, but intimidating. They had a massive property, you know, out there in, in nowhere land, you know, and, and you, there's just like piles of rocks and mulch and dirt. And, you know, it's, it's like, like yeah. what you would think a traditional a yard. yard, you know, and, and like plants and nurseries and all that. And eventually you just go all the way up the mountain and there's this big, beautiful house up there. And, you know, in the process, there's trucks and trailers everywhere. And it was just super intimidating. I was like, there's no way in the world I can build something like that. I don't even know if I want to build something like that. And, you know, I, and no one knows this probably, but also I was in retail management this whole time. So that's, that's where I started. My working career was in retail. Okay. Yeah. So I, I was, you know, I got my, my green Very thumb. Different. Yeah. I got my green thumb as a homeowner, but the whole time I was in retail managing okay. stores. I managed a couple different, I was in a couple different big, large, big box companies. You know, I started in college as part-time and then I worked my way up through the ranks and, um, that's, you know, I've always, I guess I've been told I've, I always have those leadership qualities, which, 
you know, you fast forward say, to it's now. Very similar. Yeah, to yeah. What you're doing, it's like project management, right? And, and leadership. Yeah. So all these things have all kind of like helped each other, you know, along the way. It's all kind of, you know, there's always been a, um, a fit for it. But so that whole time I was in retail management and it wasn't really the most enjoyable for me as my life and my family went one way and they were growing, going one way. Retail management was going another way. You know, Amazon was taking over the e-commerce and mm-hmm. all the big box stores were really struggling, trying to figure out Lots. how to keep yeah. up with that. You know, people were just coming in and window shopping like, oh, this fits. Oh, I like this TV. I'm just going to go order on Amazon. You know, so like people yeah. were like not making any more money. So they had to cut their staffing and stores were closing and okay. they were trying to compete with online. So there was all this like like order your TV, you know, Best Buy, order your TV or, you know, Toys R Us, order your toys online and pick it up at the store and which put a huge pressure of all the store employees. Management had to, one of the companies I worked at was Toys R Us back in the day when they were still doing great before they went out of business. And, you know, like, but that put a huge burden on the management and then the employees to learn a whole new process. You know, we had these new yeah. scanners and we'd have to, we'd get these yeah. alerts that now we have to go pick this, that we have to go look for this item. Half the times it wasn't there because their inventory wasn't correct. And it was this whole big process. But if we had it, we, you know, picked it, scanned it, whatever. Had to go in the back, print out a late, we had a whole section that we had to set up, label printers, boxes, tape. And we, we became Amazon, like e-commerce process. <laughs> Meanwhile, the register lines are getting backed up. Managers getting paged, employee, you know, we need a backup cashier. Someone needs help in aisle blank with this thing or that thing. And everyone's all stressed out. Customers are angry. And the person's just sitting at home waiting for their package to be processed <laughs> so they can come pick it up or we can, you know, add it to our our cart of stuff for UPS to pick it up the next day. And it was really stressful and frantic. And so things were going sideways for retail and my life was going totally in opposite direction. And my quality of life was just going downhill fast. So, you know, those two things kind of merged together eventually, you know, like I I just, so I like back to what I was saying, I didn't realize, I didn't think I could do make, have this big company. I didn't really think I was cut out for that. I was always best managing smaller stores, like smaller volume and size or vice versa. Like they don't always go hand in hand. Small stores could be super busy in a bit popular area. Typically the big, big stores are really busy as well. That's why they're big because they're in a busy area. But just in general, the busyness, the volume, like when it's just busy all the time and I never have time to like stop and think and, you know, like plan for stuff and I'm working, I have to work extra hours or stay, stay later. It's just like, you know, be away from everything and lock myself in the office and finish the schedule or this or that. Like I didn't excel in that environment. I'm not that kind of personality. I don't, I don't have that temperament. Like, like my my wife, for example, gets bored if it's too slow, you know, like she's yeah. got to always be like Black Friday was like her peak. Like she loved it. She loved just bang, 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 bang. She loved just ringing like a crazy person, running around, helping everybody, knowing everything, you know, getting change, you know, overriding prices for people. Like cause she she was at yeah. one point a su- supervisor. That's that's how we met in, in retail. Okay, um, we, yeah, we eventually worked at like opposite stores, but still for the same company and stuff. But, but yeah, but so she was all about that where I would get stressed out and I couldn't deal with, with, I can only deal with that so much. Like I was good yeah. with that, but it, I couldn't sustain that. It was too much. Yeah. It was, it was, it depleted me. Like I need to be able to, to like, 
take a, a time out. Yeah, recharge. Yeah. You know, I'm a very introverted person in that way where I, I need to recharge. I can't, I'm not, I don't feed off of that. Like the extroverted yeah. folks feed off of that energy. They need, like my wife can't stand being alone for very long. She like gets all stressed out and, and sad. She needs to be always like around tons of people so that she can feed That's off why the they energy. Say opposites attract, yeah, huh? You right. do have to have that yeah. So, yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. She so gets you out the door more. Yeah, than yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She, she definitely motivates me, you know, to, to, to get a lot done and do a lot of things and on all that stuff. But, you know, I, I, I have that within me too, but you know, I, I have to do things in certain, certain ways, pace myself, take breaks, all that kind of stuff. But so I knew all that about myself. So I'm like, if I can't run bit, if I'm better at running smaller, like less busy stores and be at the top of the company, like literally I ran two stores in the same year, like I got promoted and went to one store shipped that, you know, shaped that store up real quick in less than a year and then transferred to my old original store where I wasn't the store manager, but went back as a store manager and knew exactly what I had to change and fix because I was the ma- an assistant manager prior and I was frustrated that things weren't going the way they were. And I was running that store practically as an assistant manager, which is why I got promoted in the first place. And I whipped that store into shape. So within 12 months, both stores just started double digit. And once we got to like last year's numbers, it was like double digit percentage increases because I was doing all these things that they needed that they weren't doing and fixing the store up and cleaning it up and getting the right staff in the right place. And both stores were not, you know, one store is busier than the other, but they weren't like out of control busy. So they were both my in my wheelhouse and I was able to just knock it out the park and I got recognized there were two stores in the top 10 of the entire company that I worked at which was like 130 something stores but still two at at the top 10 were my stores in the same year so, so it, cool. yeah so but 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 I just say all that to say that I learned what I what I'm good at and what I can and can't do what's my wheelhouse stay in my lane all that so when mm-hmm. I when I thought about lawn care and landscaping and all that I just wanted to stick with what, you know, what, what, what makes sense, you know, like having this massive landscape company that is like running a a big, heavy volume store, like I'll get stressed out and I won't be as successful. So how, you know, so I just kind of put that on the back burner, you know, and I never really apply myself, but the the wheels kind of were turning in the background, you know, like I was like, that would be really cool if I, if I did do that, but that seems so far fetched. So you fast forward, you know, maybe 10 years after that, which was 10 years ago, you know, I was, I was, uh, we were, we had moved down here to central Virginia and I was just obviously even worse in retail, just super burned out. And, you know, thank Black Friday went from like Black Thursday, you know, went to like Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah. you know, like, like, like it just kept yeah. creeping back. It like, oh, we're open up on a, opening up on midnight on Friday, which is kind of technically oh Thursday. Goodness. Then it was 10 yeah. p.m. on Thursday, then 8 p.m. on Thursday. Then but the year before or the year that I quit, literally the year that I left retail and went full time into lawn care we had to go, I worked for JCPenney at that point and we opened at 6 PM on Thursday and we had to get there hours prior. So they had this, gr- ready. yeah. So yeah. they had this grand idea of, you know, so you're missing Thanksgiving y- yeah, with your family but, and, but they gave yeah. us all a budget. All the stores got a budget to co- create our own Thanksgiving dinner. We just had it all catered turkeys, food, make everyone come in extra early, you know, pay them extra, give them Thanksgiving dinner, just keep, take them away from their families, have a good old time, have a big powwow team rally. All right, here's everyone's roles. Here's your car. Here's your positions. Let's go over everything again one more time. All right, let's go get them. Meanwhile, the lines of people are just building up around the store like insanity, you know? And we go out there, open the doors at six o'clock, and 
It's just pandemonium. And I was like, this is not, I am not about this. This is not my life. Like I, it, it's someone's life. I mean, clearly we have to buy our stuff somewhere. Mm. You know, there has to be yeah. at least one place to buy our clothes, one place to buy our, our <laughs> food. You know what I mean? Like we're not, we don't live on farms where we can be self-sustained. You know, we, we have to get our stuff some, from somewhere. So we might as well be the people that enjoy it, doing that, working there. But that wasn't me. Welcome to another Toro Tuesday. This week, I wanted to focus on the Toro Multiforce D-Thatcher. So the D-Thatching attachment, I have also used this. This is a, a great um, add-on service or almost like a, a specialty service for your turf care clients. Um, it's great for spring cleanups. It's basically what it is. If you don't know uh, what even what even dethatching is, there's different machines that you can get for dethatching, powered machines, and it's basically like a big power rake, which just uh, um, automatically instead of going, you know, walking around the the whole lawn with with an actual rake, you just get a machine that you can walk back and forth like a mower or an aerator or any of those kind of heavy duty walk behind machines, and it just does the raking for you. It just has tines that power its way through and kind of dig up any of the the uh, the debris, you know, leaves, little sticks, um, thatch, which is why it's called dethatcher. Thatch is just broken down plant material that just eventually kind of breaks down and creates like a little bit of a barrier, a layer um, just above the soil down at the bottom of the grass blades. And what happens is when that gets too thick in some areas, which can happen for various reasons, you know, if you're not not cutting the grass properly and mulching up the grass clippings properly enough and it just just accumulates you're not blowing it off or cleaning it off it eventually just gets matted down and it, it chokes out the grass it prevents nutrients like water and, and air and sunlight and fertilizer or anything else from going getting down into the soil because it just sits on top of that thatch and ends up just breaking down and absorbing into the dead thatch, which does no good for anything. Um, and like I said, it eventually kills the grass because it's just not getting the nutrients that it needs. So you'll start finding different patches throughout the lawn that are dying off. And, and a lot of that is because of thatch. And there may be other parts of the lawn that die off for other reasons. You know, maybe the neighbor's dog or people walking by their dogs are, you know, uh, relieving themselves on the lawn too many times, not people not cleaning up after them and so on. And that, that too much of those kind of bodily chemicals, you know, will burn the lawn or someone spills something, you know, too much fertilizer or weed killer or gasoline or anything. Um, or it's just, just, you know, dries out, you know, you just didn't do a good enough job watering, you know, certain so sections of your lawn, or maybe, uh, you didn't know the sprinklers weren't facing the right way or we're just off a little bit. So it wasn't completely getting the full coverage in a certain area that you needed. And that grass dies off e either way, whatever the reasons are that the grass may die off also without thatch, then that becomes thatch, that dead grass now becomes thatch. So all the dethatching methods are great ways of getting rid of all that thatch so you can expose the soil or just kind of clean up that grass area so that you can get nutrients down in there, whether you're fertilizing, you know, uh, like I said, air, sun, water, all that, just getting all that cleaned up. So doing this in the spring is a great time to really freshen up uh, the turf and get it ready to, to green up and bounce back quickly. Um, so it, it, it's just a great spring cleanup service. I've started offering this for my lawn care business. So now having this attachment for my Toro Multiforce makes it so much easier because I don't need to rent or buy a separate machine. I can just put this attachment onto um, 
the front of my, my Toro Multiforce, and I can just go back and forth, basically raking the lawn. Um, so it's really helpful by using the patented, the patented uh, tines um, that, that come down and you know make contact with the with the the ground and it just like i said lifts the thatch without damaging the healthy turf grass it combs the matted grass gives the lawn a clean hand raked appearance so it's just one of those things that you can add on as a service it's really helpful i would say every lawn you know uh similar to aeration will benefit from from dethatching so this is a great attachment that you can use. It's very easy um, to use. It also folds up like the leaf plow so that you can store it easier when you you know drive the mower back into the trailer and so on. Um, and it, for all the visuals, as always, go ahead, if you want to see what it looks like and uh, potentially see it in action and so on, go ahead and click on the link in the episode description for Toro.com. That'll take you there fast. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1,500 to 3,500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The ramp and dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com and, of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the ramp rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. And it also conflicts with, you know, when your kids are off school. Right. Um, weekends. I'm sure you're working weekends. All the time. You know, it just starts. The schedule was everywhere. How, yeah. Uh, yeah. Working those kind of schedules. It's it's hard to have a, a yeah. nice life. For so, sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, th- there were times when my kids were babies that uh, I didn't see them for 48 hours awake. Because I would leave in the morning before they wow. went to before they woke up, I would leave in the morning for my morning shift, and I would get back so late that you know they were babies, so they'd be or very you know toddlers, they'd be sleeping, yeah. and then I would have to leave again the next day for my morning shift again before they woke up again, and then if I was lucky enough, I would come back in enough time to like say good night to them, and I would see them. So almost forty eight hours or a complete forty eight hours before I even got to see them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I would be getting like you know. T- terrible video quality back then, you know, of my daughter walking or my son walking. I think I saw my daughter's first steps. Yeah, I did because we were somewhere together, but my son was doing all types of stuff without me. That was when it was really bad because that was 18 years ago. He was born and, you know, a couple years after that, like things were just getting worse and worse in retail. All the stuff I told you about e-commerce and all that stuff. And she'd be telling me, oh, Caden walked, you know, today or Oh. or this or that or whatever. And I was just missing everything. And it was just terrible. So I was really depressed. I was in a really bad place. I, you know, I, I eventually all the way down to the bitter end. I, I, I used to say to people, maybe to myself that, you know, if, if, um, I think people told me that I was always so calm and, and collected and such a good leader. And no matter what happened, I always, like, I never just fl- flipped out on people, customers or employees. I never took anything out of anybody. I always, you know, came up with a plan. Okay, we can get through this. I was just that guy, you know, like that leader. And people would always say to me, 
man, if you lose your mind, like if you lose it, if you freak out, like the world's coming to an end because you can handle yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> like you're just always like super chill and, and, and got everything under control, no matter how crazy it is, you know, you know. I mean, there's been, there was days at JCPenney where the escalator stopped working and somebody was, you know, like, like on it, the el- someone was trapped, oh, someone was trapped in the elevator. Um, you know, there's you know, lines at the registers. There's, you know, someone got caught stealing, um, security from the malls, literally all at one time, all in one day, you know, you know, someone needs me upstairs, someone needs me downstairs and I'm the only one. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, and, and like, meanwhile, I would just be like, you know, on, on the walkie, just delegating all these things, rearranging things on the fly, looking at the schedule. Hold on. Give me two seconds. You know, bang, just doing all this stuff. And everyone's just like, always like, man, if, if but you... that skill set is perfect <laughs> for running a long right, business. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't want it, but it's not sustainable. So like I, I, I had to make sure that I, that I did it properly. So, but so towards the end there, I really started, I did start to lose my mind and I did start to become a different person. And I couldn't, re- I didn't really recognize myself. And I was like, I got to get out of retail. And fortunately I had just started lawn care part-time because you know, 10 years ago, it started to become a thing where people were just mowing lawns. Like they were doing some certain things. It was more specialized. There's fertilization only companies. There was, you know, mow, blow and go guys. There was a combination of the two. There was landscaping, you know, one, two, three crew landscaping companies. Instead of these big, massive companies that only do commercial properties now and all that. Like, so there was a whole lot of diversity opening up in our industry 10 years ago. And, and that's what really made it come back into my head again. And somebody on on Facebook had asked in our, in our, the HOA that we moved into down here in central Virginia, they had asked, I guess for, if, if anyone had recommendations for someone mowing the lawn or something like that. And my wife knew that I still had my stuff and she knew that I had fantasized about the idea 10 years (laughs) or eight years, seven years, whatever it was prior to that. um, When my son was a couple years old and my mother-in-law, I guess, had said that to me. Like, so she knew all of that. And she was like, do you want me to, to, to give him your name? And I was in such a bad place that I just reluctantly said, sure. Like, but had I not said that and I just said, no, or I'm good or whatever, if I would just all let my grumbliness get to me and, and just not accept that you and I wouldn't be here talking today because yeah, that yeah. one decision changed my, the whole trajectory of my life. Like I said, yeah. sure, whatever. Like it wasn't even in a nice way. I was just in such a bad place. My wife was really, you know, trying to figure out how to help me. And our relationship was obviously being um, challenged at that point. I barely saw yeah. my kids. It, it, it was a mess. So I said, sure. And then the rest is history. I went and I, you know, mowed this guy's mm-hmm. lawn and, you know, he recommended me to a couple of his other friends. And, you know, that, that year I had like six people just kind of all over town, like friends of friends and neighbors and all that stuff. Um, and I have my 21 inch mower, you know, my trimmer <laughs> and my blower. And I put them in the back of my Jeep compass. Sometimes I would go to work with a change of clothes and I would like rush, you know, I would change in my office and sneak down the back door and jump in my Jeep and try and get one yard done before dark. So then on my one, other one day off, cause typically I worked six days a week. So I'm, you know, here I am working 50, 60 hours a week, 55, 60 hours a week and, and the part-time job. Yeah. And yeah. trying to mow these, you know, six yards that are all over town you know, which I didn't have the right equipment. So it took me longer. It took me like an hour and 45 minutes to mow like a 10,000 square foot yard with a 21 inch mower. Like I was just homeowner status, you know, I didn't have anything commercial. So I was just doing whatever. But that, that first year part-time made me realize like when I was doing it, when I was in that moment, mowing those lawns on those properties, I was like, 
living my best life. Like it was like something yeah. I had never experienced. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like I'm my own boss. I'm doing my own thing. I'm like, I could totally do this. Like, I mean, I got six customers. Like what if I actually went all in full time and, and put a lot of effort? I, I think I could make this happen. So that's what I did. I, I quit. I put in my two weeks notice, like uh, right after Christmas. Um, and then I just went all in. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.